0: You're listening to R&B's On The Verge podcast series, where we look at disruption through the lens of opportunity.
1: My name is Willem van der Post, and this is the R&B On The Verge series, where we take a look at disruption, but through the lens of opportunity. And joining me today is CEO and founder of Sun Exchange, Abraham, or as he's lovingly called Abe Cambridge, and Abe, I'll get straight into it. What is Sun Exchange?
0: SunExchange is a peer-to-peer solar panel micro-leasing platform.
1: Okay, we have to unpack that.
0: When you say peer-to-peer, what is that? It means you as an individual can lease a individual solar cell to another individual from one place on Earth to another place on Earth. So peer-to-peer. Um, and it's micro-leasing because you can now lease a solar panel down to a cell level. So... Um, if you look at a solar panel, it's yes, made up of cells. So each solar panel is made up of between 60 and 72 cells. So you now as an individual can buy an individual cell in a solar panel and lease that to somebody somewhere else in the world. But it just so happens that all our solar projects are in here in sunny South Africa.
1: Yeah, Where well, the supply of sun is good. Great supply of sun. Okay, so this micro-leasing, in other words, as an individual, I don't need to pool my money with an, a whole bunch of other individuals in an institution and I don't need to roll out the capex of very expensive equipment. So actually what's going on is there's a, a series of projects, so for example
0: schools, businesses, um, farms, typically for them to go solar meant them raising capital um, and then buying the hardware and putting it on the roof of their of their, of their businesses. But Most organisations, particularly schools, just simply don't have the budget available to go and buy a 2 million rand solar power plant, which is a shame because they're missing out on the savings that solar energy um, enables. Uh, But but conversely, there's people all around the world and many people in South Africa who want to own solar panels, but literally can't afford the whole solar power plant for their home or don't have a roof to put solar panels on. So if you live in an apartment in, let's just say London, you may be really wanting to get into solar and want to own a solar panel, but you live in an apartment, you don't have a roof to put a solar panel on, you can now go to sunexchange.com buy a solar panel, get it installed onto the roof of a school here in South Africa, and supply electricity to that school. And that school pays you for the electricity that you're producing, but a price cheaper than they would otherwise pay ESCOM. Wow. And that money goes back to you as a solar panel owner, giving you an income that's probably better than holding money in a bank. I say better... You know what your money's doing for a start, so you know what your money's being put to, to use for. And actually, in particularly places like the UK, where you're getting really low interest rates, the amount of income you get from providing solar power to somewhere in South Africa is beyond better, way beyond better than keeping money in a bank account.
1: Okay, so it sounds like you're making investment opportunities accessible to the masses. Uh, it's not massive capital outlay that's required. What what does a solar cell go for?
0: So we've broken down the the solar plant to a s- individual solar cell. Um, which means that each cell is about five US dollars, six US dollars, so 80, between 60 and 80 rand typically. So it makes it something which doesn't need to be a big decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty, someone can literally just go, right, I'm going to buy a single solar cell in this project because why not? Um, but then after a while they realize, hang on a I minute, mean, this is actually earning me. This I'm, I'm, I'm generating kilowatt hours. Like every month people receive a statement via our platform telling them how much electricity they've produced and the price of the electricity that they that has been, been sold for. And that starts accumulating in a Exchange wallet. Um And people go, wow, that, that works. I'm going to buy more. So we have some customers that um, see this as an alternative to a pension. So I just spoke to one of our customers yesterday who had bought 1,800 cells in one of our projects to Solar Power School. I called him up, just said, like, welcome to Sun Exchange. Like, we're just wondering what your intentions were. What was your motivations? Quite a big chunk to buy. Yeah, and he's like, well, you know, he's very frustrated with... There's no, he, he's very frustrated with his bank because they don't have an ethical pension solution. Um, you know, they're trying to push um, like a, a fund with tobacco plantations in it. And they gave him the reason why it's a good pension plan is because when the economy's down, people smoke more. That was the level of ethics which this pension plan was having. And he's like, that's just totally unacceptable to him. So by buying solar panels and leasing them on a 20 year basis and accumulating that income and using income to buy more solar panels, he can basically build himself a really decent, um, income stream and drink for his when he retires through building up a solar power plant virtually oh. through ton exchange. So you kind of see that that's two very different approaches to why people would use the platform. Some people are doing it just because they want to achieve a social good. They see a school on our platform. They want to lower its costs, and they even donate the income they're getting to a charity that we've chosen for that project. Um, or we've got people who are literally just doing it purely for the financial basis, but they're doing it because it's also transparent. They know what the money's doing. Um, you know, there's many. There's been a few bank failures in the world in the past decade, or um, well, maybe a bit more than a decade now. But typically, especially with like younger millennials and like the next, like the generation Zs, they don't want money in banks. I mean, it's you know, this is R and B podcast, but uh, but actually, things are moving away from banks because yes. people don't know what goes on behind closed doors. People they want know, purpose, right? They want to know what their money's doing, and if if a bank can't guarantee and show the the providence of where money is going, what it's doing, people are less interested. Um, people so, people so, want to have that direct cause, they want to
1: know what mo- their money's doing. They want to have control over and it. And you give them that transparency yeah. because you're also using irrefutable technology like blockchain is my understanding. Exactly. So, Talk to us a little bit about that.
0: So all of the payments, well not all actually, we give our customers the choice of earning in Bitcoin or in Rand. The reason why we, we chose Bitcoin specifically was, for a start, when I started Sun Exchange back in 2014, um ethereum didn't even exist so i mean just i'll kind of wind it back a little bit more um cryptocurrency is 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 a is a basically a, a new type of currency that's on a blockchain a blockchain is really just a, dis, a distributed internet um it's cryptocurrency payments is like sending an email um so like basically blockchain is to the world of sorry cryptocurrency is the world of money what email is the world of the postal service got gotcha. you so Rather than me sending a letter, which goes to a, into a postbox, which then gets picked up by a mailman, gets taken to a distribution center, and then eventually gets to my end, my, my recipient, I can now send an email from me to you, very good instantly. Peer-to-peer. Instantly, and that's what cryptocurrency is. It's peer-to-peer money, right? Um, and the reason I got into it because I'm from the UK and I moved to South Africa, and I needed to send some payments back from from here to pay for my my bond in the UK, and in order to do that, I had to queue up with a pen and paper form, in a competing bank, which was, I'm not going to mention the name. Um, but I had to take my lunch break off to go and queue up and pay a big fee to send a payment and I had to wait five days. And I got screwed on the, on the Forex. Um, so I bought some Bitcoin, 100 rounds worth of Bitcoin, sent it to my friend in London. He sent it back to me. 20 minutes later, I've got what I originally sent and it had been around the world and back. And I was like, this technology is amazing. <laughs> this is going to transform money. Yes. Um, and the penny dropped. So I was at a friend's Bry. And I said to my my friend, I said, look, there's got to be a business model somewhere in 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 solar panel, like crowdsourcing with Bitcoin. I don't know what it is, but I just know there's a business in there somewhere. Um, so I, this is back in 2014. So I um, spent a year and a half developing the idea, went through the Microsoft BizPark program. They gave me some mentorship and some support, some uh, sort of legal services and some accounting uh, services to help me get the business started and formulate and crystallize the idea. And I launched the Sun Exchange on Indiegogo to raise some money uh, back in two thousand. Just for people that
1: don't know, what is Indiegogo?
0: Indiegogo is a crowdfunding platform where, if you have a business idea or a product you want to launch, which is probably a bit too left field for a conventional bank to invest into, um, you can basically go to the general public. And if the general public like your idea, well, they'll, they'll basically give you money in return for that product or better access to that service when it launches. Got you. So we had about one hundred and sixty people around the world that that saw the Sun Exchange pitch on Indiegogo. And I raised about twenty-five thousand US dollars in twenty-five days, which was beyond one hundred and fifty percent of what I wanted to to start the company. Um, and that level of money, living in South Africa, you know, living a, a mod- very modest lifestyle, was enough to get the, the business started. Amazing. Um, and did our first project um, back in March 2016, which was to solar power the Stellenbosch Waldorf School, um, which was the the first time in the world that cryptocurrency had been used to solar power a school, um, or solar power anything, in fact. Um, and also, it was the first time that a solar plant had been crowdsourced in this country. And off the back of that, I went to Silicon Valley and then raised some angel investment.
1: Wow, what a journey. <laughs> okay, so hang on. Let's unpack mm. the Sun Exchange then. It is a marketplace, by the sound of it, Yeah. where you allow microfinanciers in their private capacity to invest into enterprise-level solar projects.
0: It's commercial-grade solar projects. Where do you get them? They come to us or we find them um, or we have so they basically as a marketplace, we don't actually ever touch the solar panels. And
1: you're not in solar per se.
0: No, we, in the we, 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 we literally connect people that want to own solar panels to people that want to use solar panels to people that install solar panels. Right. We bring the three parties together. So you have a solar installation company that has a client, a potential client, let's say a school um, who really wants to go solar. And that solar installation company really wants to get paid to install their solar power plant because the school doesn't have any money, the project just gets shelved, nothing happens to it. So now SunExchange comes along and we go, look, we've got thousands of people around the world that want to own the solar panels powering this school. So we're going to sell the solar panels to these guys through our website, and then we can then install the system on the school for absolutely for free at no cost. And the solar installer that bought us that project gets to install it. So we're a market maker.
1: Okay, and so the benefit for the school then is a lower cost of electricity because they're utilizing the solar as opposed yeah. to whatever utility used to provide, and that utility typically sitting on dirty technology like coal or exactly so um, something that you burn. So a, a recent project on our platform right now, um, in fact, we've
0: got two schools uh, for solar panels, to power two schools right now on the platform, and um, those schools are currently paying one rand 66 per kilowatt hour to the city of Cape Town.
1: Okay, just quickly pause there, you yeah. have to just unpack for us here. So a kilowatt hour is like a unit of measurement. That is the unit
0: of electricity. So when you pay, this is actually a, a major issue actually, is energy literacy, yes. people not even knowing what an, a unit of energy is and how hard it is to create a unit of energy. So people are paying an electricity bill once a, once a month or once a quarter without even really acknowledging what the
1: units are or what they mean. Um, Look, I suppose, I mean, if I walk a kilometer, then yeah. my unit of measurement is a kilometer. So it sounds yeah. odd when I say my unit of electricity is kilowatt hour. What, why is it per hour? And like because, the whole thing falls Because, apart. because a, a kilowatt is a unit of power, a power output.
0: And then the kilowatt hour is that power with a time function added. So uh, let's just say an electric kettle, that's a kilowatt. So if you run an electric, kilo, electric kettle for an hour, that's a kilowatt hour. Um, and that's, that's what electricity is actually measured in. Um, so, Sun Exchange has now produced one gig over one gigawatt hour of electricity. So that's one million kilowatt hours. So that's put running that, a million kettles for an hour. That's how much energy we've produced so far.
1: So, put that in perspective for me. How much electricity does a household of four people, on average, use? South Africa is a difficult average because <laughs> it's such a wide range. Genie quotient,
0: uh, right? I'm gonna yeah, exactly. In, I'll say I'll, I'll say the UK because it's slightly more Slightly, yeah, um, less less unequal. Um, so a UK um, household typically uses 4,000 kilowatt hours of electricity per year. Per year.
1: Yeah. Right, I'm going to whip out a calculator here yeah, and just do that to see what the per day is. Because my, my next question is going to be, how much power can a school really save for this entire concept to be viable? So we are cutting the costs of our schools by about 27% up
0: front. And then over, on average by about 42 to 50% over the course of the solar lease. Um, We are meeting about 50% of their energy requirements from solar and the rest of the energy is still coming from the grid. Um, We're not taking anyone off grid. Off grid is a misunderstood term. Off grid means you're literally cutting your cables from the grid and you're on your own. Mm. So if you run out of electricity, if you run out, you're stuck. Um, you don't want to go off-grid. You want no. to be grid-tied.
1: Specifically if you're solar-bound, because yeah. if the sun doesn't shine, my understanding exactly. is there's no solar. So at
0: night time, when the solar panels aren't producing, you're still connected to the grid. You're using electricity from your municipality or directly from ESCOM. Or a battery. Or a battery or generator. But there's an issue yeah. with that, right? Well, batteries are still expensive, mm. and um, the technology is coming down all the time, like, like solar panels have done already. So solar panels now a tenth of the price they were a decade ago Mm. and batteries are probably going to be the same um so
1: so let me just jump mm. in there and ask if i'm now the school and you've said what you've just said vis-a-vis the cost of the infrastructure is coming down why would i why would i lock myself into a long-term electricity purchasing agreement Mm. where the price is determined by the cost of the infrastructure but that infrastructure is coming down aggressively as technology is evolving as a school all you really care about right now is lowering your energy costs today.
0: And there's, you know, solar solar panels are always going to keep coming down. At what point do you go, actually, now I'm going to go ahead and do it? If you just carry on waiting because it's going to improve, you're still paying more in the meantime. So, you know, you've got to think about the discount rate. So Mm. money in the future is worth less than it is now, like reverse interest. So if you can save 30% today or 35% in 10 years' time, you still cost all that extra money you're paying out to ESCOM in the meantime. Mm. So, all the schools care about is lower energy costs a day. And, and that's, that's the motivation. So, and I think there's also this, this, this also misconception that as solar panel prices come down, which they are, all the rest of the material costs of a solar power plant are actually going up. So, don't forget the solar panel is only one part of the solar plant. You've got labor, you've got copper semiconductors, hardware, legal costs, survey costs, mm-hmm. all those costs are going the, in the upwards direction. It's only the solar cells themselves that the prices are coming down. So mm. waiting for some radical breakthrough technology is kind of just like waiting for the, the tooth fairy to come. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, you're know, you just waiting for an imaginary future when you can immediately get benefit today.
1: I got you. It's the age old conundrum of um, I, I want a bigger hard drive, but right now... You know, I can get a terabyte that's rand x. If I wait another six months, I can get a two terabyte at rand x. But it's like you're going to yeah, wait forever.
0: It's like, well, I'm not going to buy a smartphone because you know the 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 iPhone 11 is now with three lenses. But if I wait another five years, I'm going to get an iPhone with ten lenses on. Um, but you're not going to have an iPhone in the meantime, yes. so you're going to carry on using a feature phone. So it's, like it's, you know, it's, uh, it's 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 but it's even kind of more even more
1: tangible than that because it's like, look, you can immediately save money now. Correct,
0: and 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 it's.
1: So let's just circle back. You spoke about getting cut off the grid, and I've heard this term, grid defection, and in my in like the way that I understand it is that if you have fewer consumers buying from the utility, the utility still has its overhead cost, which means that the price per electricity unit actually goes up. The more people that cut themselves off.
0: Yeah, it's called the utility death spiral. It's a real thing, and unfortunately, it's inevitable. There is actually. There's no way around it, because otherwise you're forcing people to buy more expensive energy from a dirty source. So coal power is more expensive than solar energy.
1: Already today?
0: Already today. I mean, we're supplying, it's possible to generate a unit of electricity from solar at a quarter of the price of coal. What? Yeah. So in in Abu Dhabi right now, they've built a gigawatt solar plant, and it's one and a half US cents per kilowatt hour. So then why
1: haven't we made the transition yet?
0: that is the the uh the the main question isn't it Uh, then there's a lot of um sort of legacy power plants running and um that very very old technology victorian age technology um there's supply chains involved they've got long 40-year contracts in place to supply coal mines uh, sorry coal mines to supply power stations um but unfortunately those things are are going to die i mean
1: Well, the price point will just become... The
0: the energy price will just keep going up, solar energy costs will keep going going down. And according to uh, the regulations of energy in this country, you have to opt for the lowest price point energy source. Why would you keep paying for more expensive coal when you can get cheaper, cleaner power, especially when South Africa has carbon reduction targets, let alone the health consequences of burning coal? Um, Mm. And Pumalanga has the second worst air quality on the entire planet and in 2016 alone, 400 premature deaths were linked to respiratory uh, and illnesses of living near coal mines and coal power stations. And just to, just to say, well, what about jobs? Mm. Well, That's my next question. solar panels need people to install them. Uh, it's entirely manual. And job losses are already happening in the coal sector because they're just building bigger machines with increasing levels of automation. Mm. So job losses are already happening in coal mining and the coal sector. So the job, the job creation argument, the job loss argument about why you should preserve the coal industry, in my opinion, is absolute nonsense. Because solar panels need humans to install them and they could be installed anywhere and everywhere. So in the towns surrounding coal mines, they can now become solar powered and there's people in the town who are willing to do it and can be trained to do it easily. It's not hard to install a solar panel.
1: Are those are, are those jobs sustainable? I mean, I've put the panel up and now it's up. Yeah. So Unless so, there are more people buying panels, my job stops. So the feasibility—you could still, you can back. If you get a gigawatt of
0: solar panels installed a year, you're going to be creating twenty-five thousand jobs a year, and that's just for one gigawatt. Obviously, you want to install a faster rate than that. Then um, job numbers. Then go job up. numbers. But you I mean the target for this country is twenty-five gigawatts of PV? What, what so target? What are you talking about? There's a target of twenty-five gigawatts of solar PV um, to be installed in this country.
1: Like a governmental mandate? Yeah, a
0: government target. So it's stalling at one gigawatt a year. That's 25,000 jobs. But if you want to accelerate that, so to say two, you get 50,000 jobs, and so on and so forth. But of course, solar panels only have a 25-year lifespan. So the time you've installed your 25 gigawatts, you've got to start again. So it becomes an ongoing thing. And solar panels do need cleaning.
1: Mm. So there's other jobs yeah. other than exactly, installation. The, there around exactly.
0: Us. So there is sort of low-skilled maintenance jobs to keep, the, the systems running in, in peak order um, and then of course things need replacing sometimes there's lightning strikes there's um, you know, hailstorms like things do need doing to them um, and the,
1: and you need people to to do those jobs. so why aren't we crowdfunding a massive solar installation for escom okay so Escom
0: do have uh, procurement rounds for solar power plants. Um, it's called the Renewable Energy Independent Power Producers Procurement Programme, which is, having come from the UK, South Africa loves complicated acronyms, I've noticed. <laughs> At least seven letters. Um, but the Triple or the RRIPPPP, um PPPP, um, is basically the procurement programme for solar for ESCOM. However, the, the delays of that programme are significant, and a lot of the manufacturers which set up in this country to supply those systems have now left. So SMA, which is a German company who set up here to to manufacture inverters, have now gone as a Jinko solar, a solar panel manufacturer. Um, and that's because everything was just happening too slowly. Um, and I, I mean, ultimately, ESCOM, if the writing is on the wall, it's going to be unbundled, uh, Who are you who's your counterparty? If you're entering into a 25-year power purchase agreement with ESCOM, and ESCOM's not going to be around in five years' time, who are you actually selling power to? Mm. So the the whole kind of principle of selling electricity to a centralised energy provider that's an archaic model it's got to go um, decentralized you, so i mean western cape um, all the provinces can now should be able to purchase power from whoever they want to
1: so you and i could set up a plant and sell to the municipality you, ab- you absolutely
0: could if you, if if it's if it's um, liberalized like that so western cape is now opening up to ipps so independent power producers so they don't just have to buy from Eskom anymore. At least I believe I—I I was re- I'm a member of a WhatsApp group where this news was posted. I haven't done my fact checking yet, sure, but there's sure. just just assume that as an example. If Western Cape were to be able to do that, um then they would be able to buy electricity from the cheapest energy source, which right now is solar and will continue to be so.
1: Now, what about safety and regulation? I mean, surely I—I I just can't get myself a whole bunch of solar panels set up shop in some. Sunny part and then sell to the Western Cape Municipality. There's licensing, surely, and regulation about what it takes to be an IPP. Um, so, pr- predominantly, in in the, to become
0: an independent power producer, you've to have a generation license. But then there have been exemptions. So, um, if you're producing less than 10 megawatts, you you don't need to have a generation license. And then you've got what's called embedded generation. And when you're providing electricity behind the meter, you're not even classified as a generator anymore because all the regulations have been written assuming you're supplying electricity to the grid itself, which is then bought by consumers. But if you're not using the grid, you're not a generator. So the solar power plants that we produce are behind the customer side of the meter. It's actually classified as, a, as like an energy efficiency measure. Oh, wow. So you don't even need to be able to, you don't need to have to pump electricity back to the grid at all. Um, it's only in certain municipalities where you can sell surplus power to the grid, where there is that kind of bi-directional metering. But most of our systems are all self-consumption, 100% self-use solar power behind the meter. So it's not even a generator, really. It's an energy um, usage reduction measure.
1: It seems to me like we're on the brink of a major opportunity for a variety of entrepreneurs to participate in something that societally makes a hell of a lot of sense. I I think that
0: if, if all the stops are pulled out, this whole country could be solar powered
1: in 10 years. Literally, that is a
0: literally. very aggressive time uh, and it's, but it's But if you look at the global trends, it's entirely possible because the solar industry really started only 10 years ago. started in Germany 10 years ago when solar panels were 10, 20 times the price they are now, in fact. And um, so you've got all of that, all the skill set, all the expertise, all the manufacturing. You know, solar panels have become commoditized. This It's now so cheap, and the, the ways of installing them have been perfected. So South Africa can harness and take a, an advantage of that right now and get the country solar powered and what will happen is the coal power stations will have to be shut down which is job losses. job losses but given that you know the, the health issues of people living around them and the job losses but retraining mm, big um, opportunity i mean the don't forget that jobs in coal mines are dangerous You know, they're inhaling um particles into their lungs there's machinery driving around um you can have land collapses um and right now, solar, solar installing is safe, it's clean. And so it, Africa has an abundance of sunlight. And solar panel is it's it's labour intensive. Yeah, you, know, you have to have it's people carrying solar panels, or people drilling solar panels down. It's not really complicated. It just needs somebody to show someone how it's done, and it can be replicated. And those jobs will be all over the country, not just around the coal fields and Pumalanga. Solar panels wherever there is a roof, someone can get paid to install a solar panel onto it, and will get paid to put a solar panel onto it.
1: Amazing. Ape, thanks so much for joining me today. What a wonderful conversation. Best of luck with thank the you. Sun Exchange Endeavor. And we hope to have you back when we talk about purpose-driven organizations. No problem. Thank you. No, thank you for having me.
0: You've been listening to R&B's On The Verge podcast series.
1: For more solutionist thinking, visit the R&B website.